Okay, we're live. Super excited today. I have my friend Juan with me today, and he has um, let me interview him to share his story of hope. My name is Tammy Lynn Connors. Welcome to the podcast of Hope, Helping Other People Evolve. Um, my mission here is just to give people hope in any direction of life. You know, we're all in different areas of our life, different parts of our life. But when I hear a story of hope, I just want to share it with everybody. So it was probably about three years ago, I think, maybe 2019 or 18, three, three, three years three. ago, I was at an event and a couple of my friends were sharing um, the loss of their children from um, overdoses. And somebody said, well, who's going to share their story of hope tomorrow, which it was the um, Overdose Awareness Day. And they said, Juan. And that is the day that I got um, my actual words for this hope for helping other people evolve. So I feel like Juan is a big part of the story. He's a big part of my podcast. And his story uh, really enlightened me. I didn't know a lot about the overdose epidemic, basically. I knew a lot about drugs and things, but I didn't realize how bad the opiates really were at that time. Um, since then, I've had a niece that actually has overdosed, and mm -hmm. she's in a um, in a recovery house. Um, she had no oxygen to her brain for about 12 minutes, and mm -hmm. she's doing okay. She's actually, I talked to her the other day, and I said, um, I'm so happy that you're here because we don't have to worry about you anymore. Oh, you know, so we don't good. have to worry about the streets and what she was doing. So she's happy. She might have a mentality of a 12 year old, even that's though she's going right. to be 30, but she is as happy as could be. That's so how we come in. That's there you go. <laughs> so what I just really want um, maybe to start out, whatever is best for you, whether to start out where you're at now or where it all began. Oh man, where it all began. I mean, um, is that, you know, getting sober where it mm -hmm. began? Yeah. Um, getting sober, uh, it all began uh, um, with family members as well. Um, Team Recovery's FAD meeting in Toledo, uh, Families After Addiction or Death. My mom started going to these meetings, support group meetings, and um, just learned about what how to be in a relationship with people in addiction, you know, suffering with addiction, how not to enable and all this stuff, get through it and heal on her own. And uh, eventually I ended up at one of those meetings and... Uh, I, I asked for help at that meeting. My mom was crying. I remember looking over at my mom and I was sitting there with her and my son's mother and um, my mom was just crying. And I remember thinking like she's thinking about me dying and her being here. And somebody at the time um, right before that shared about, um, you know, they're um, telling their grandchild that their um, parent died. And I remember thinking like, wow. And a good friend of mine before that, even furthermore, now we're dear friends, Ross Horton, um, spoke about his uh, daughter, Shalanda, and hearing him speak about that, amongst other things in his story, just really opened my heart up in a way that, that, that I found hope, courage, and desperation. And um, I just wanted to get better. Um, for me, it was, it was pretty quick. I just, I didn't know what it meant to live. I was 13 years old, too. Oh. You know, and um, got sober, and I felt like an infant. But um, I, I really wanted to live. Yeah, and I, that's still where I'm at today. You know, I try to keep that in my heart, um, ever present. Is my desire to live not just for the sake of my own life and my child and my family, and for the experience of living, which is such a gift, but also because of the blessing of like grace, and um, I get to do things today. 
And so I find a lot of purpose in um, living my life for people that aren't here anymore or for people who are here still and maybe their loved ones aren't. And for me to attach myself to some form of courage with that and say, I'm jumping out of a plane or I'm going kayaking or I'm walking or whatever it is, because I, why not? Right. Um, right. Why not? So you, you, did you get sober at 13 or was no, that your mentality? That was my 13? mentality. Okay. No. I just wanted to make sure on that. Cause then I was like, wait, yeah. no. So, cause I don't really know your whole story. Now I do know the story of when you talked about hearing Ross's story, Ross has told me that Yeah, he might've explained that you were in kind of a, Weird looking outfit when Man, you're sitting next busted. to him. <laughs> I was busted. I was in bad shape. I was I was off the streets. Pants had blood. You know, um, heroin addicts for 14 years straight. You know, um, heroin addiction, opiate addiction. I should I should say. And um, I just had no clothes. I had no clothes. I had nothing. My shoes were fried. My hair was fried. My beard was mangy and nasty. Um, yeah, I, I was I was in bad shape. Yeah, I was 32. So uh, my sobriety date, the day that that happened at at uh, FAD was February 16th of 2016. And on February 18th is when I got into treatment. So it's been over five years now. That's awesome. And it's awesome. And that's what, you know, I I sit and somebody would see, you know, Juan on the street and be like, it's cool, clean cut guy, you know, but we don't know what people's went people's people have went through with struggles. You know, we, we look at people every day like, oh yeah. Or maybe they have a frown on their face. We don't know what people are going through. And I'm sure that I, I can't imagine the, the streets, the life that you lived, but, and I can't imagine how people actually like looked at you. Yeah. It was rough. Yeah. It was rough. I'm a extroverted person naturally just my tendency is I, I love to express myself through affection affirmations and, and associating dealing with interacting with people and I was isolated for a very long time and uh, definitely felt the separation between me and the rest of society and, and I guess I, I can understand it but at the same time um, you know it's lonely you know uh, I never imagined I would be where I was and um you know, a lot of times, I mean, it's lonely. It was lonely. Yeah. You know, I didn't think much of myself and, and the world, it felt like the world didn't think much of me either. You know, I, so hard. can I ask you this? When, well, I'm going to ask you, we'll see if you answer me. <laughs> what did you start like with, with opiates? Is that how you started or how did, how did your yeah. addiction kind of really start? Man, I mean, I just got that mentality. The, the first time I drank, you know, the first time I drank, I, I, I drank in excess. I blacked out the very first time. The second time I blacked out, you know, I was beer bonging screwdrivers at, you know, 15 years old. The first time I smoked weed, I was blacking out. I lost my virginity, actually, the first time I smoked weed and got high. Wow. And um, I don't remember it. You know, um, opiates just grabbed a hold of me. You know, they, they, were, they were what got a hold of me. And... Um, that, that the first time I really knew that I liked opiates was uh, I was a sophomore in high school and I had my teeth pulled and and um, by senior year they become they became recreational I was seeking them out looking to find them and within a year I was addicted to them wow. yeah yeah it happens quick yeah it was, I was, it was just fun. actually talking to a friend of mine who she just had her um, Achilles tendon retorn and she had to have surgery mm. and then she just had surgery again and this time they gave her um, Percocet and Dilata. 
Man. I said, girl, you be careful with that. I know you're not an addict, but just be yeah. careful because, you know, It'll get you. that's what happens. And I've, I've heard so many stories of that. Mm-hmm. I was the same way. Like I 12 years old, I started drinking and should have known then that mm-hmm. I should, you know, stop. My, my drug of choice was not opiates, but I did a lot of opiates. Thank God I didn't go farther mm-hmm. than that. Um, so, you know, when I do this podcast, what I'm really is to hear a story but also then to hear the, the strength yeah. and the hope because, you know, I know that yeah. so in 2015, you said you 16. 16, um, you felt hopeless yep. for sure. Yep. Tired, sick, broken, hopeless. And yeah. it's, it's hard. And I, I would imagine for a man, it's probably harder to just mm. like humble yourself and say like, and I was completely wrecked, mm-hmm. but you had, I just call them guardian angels or whatever you want to mm-hmm. say with Ross sharing his story and looking at that brokenness in him mm-hmm. and thinking and looking at your mom crying and being yeah. like, I can't do this anymore to them or to myself. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times I know people say, you know, you don't get sober for somebody else. You get sober for yourself. And I truly believe that, but I also believe it can be for somebody yeah, else. Like when I got the day I decided to quit drinking, I knew that I probably had a month to live. And it wasn't so much me having a month to live because at that point I was pretty dead anyways, I felt like. But I had a 14-year-old son that was sitting in another room that I said, I can't die because of him. So that is what was like my anchorage. But I just, if you could like maybe share a little bit, I know you're doing so much in this community right now and you have great thing with team recovery. And um, I know this weekend we have the angel walk. This is actually going to, be on Tuesday after the angel walk, but, um, yeah. So, but if you could just share a little bit of like what you got going on with team recovery and I know you guys all have like this massive, like maybe jumping out of airplane thing, just all kinds of cool stuff. So if you just want to give a little bit about what's going on with that and then we can just, you know, end it with that. Yeah. I think I I would like to preface, first of all, December 14th is, um, the day that I I really asked for help. Uh, December 14th of 2015, I was uh, in a situation that I was really desperate, homeless on a back porch. Um, uh, Death was knocking on my door, my son's uh, mother's door. And on that day, I prayed for the first time in many years. And uh, the answer came, the prayer was answered, but on God's time, you know, and that that day on the 16th was absolutely a divine appointment. set up and coordinated by something much more creative and loving than myself. You know, I don't doubt that for a second, but since then life is, um, life's wild. Um, I, I'm the type of person that when I feel an ideal or a sentiment or an idea, if I create a vision around something, whether it's real or false to me, I can, I, I, I bring it in and, and I turn it into a, a feeling an emotion, a mindset, and it becomes a reality. And so team recovery represented a community. It it represented a mission and a cause that resonated with my heart. And from day one, it was about servant, being a servant from day one. um, I love helping people. I feel called to do that. Um, And I've aggressively pursued that from that first day. Um, From day one, I uh, I was telling them I'm a member of team recovery, whether you know it or not. And this is what I'm doing. And it wasn't just about team recovery. It was about humans. It's about humans for me. It's about trying to open my heart and my mind, my spirit to um, loving humans and meeting people where they're at to the best of my ability. And throughout that time, you know, we've um, 
I have and we have with Team Recovery have done so much amazing stuff. And and today, you know, um, today it's 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 crazy. You know, I I've um, really allowed myself and gave myself permission at times to um, to do things very non traditionally. Mm-hmm. You know, to um, step in and out of professions and jobs and and um, servant leadership has always been um, um, primary. It's always been what's of paramount importance to me. And so for me, it, it might not always make sense to other people what I'm doing. It might seem irrational, but in my heart, um, I've kind of made decisions that, that um, have been really good for me okay. that seem really fucking weird. You know, like <laughs> I'm going to quit this job or I'm going to do this thing or I'm going to do that. And it's like, and it, it's all purposeful to me. And I'm glad I didn't overly explain myself to other people because a lot of people are like, man, you're, you're making mistakes right now. Um, but really, um, I felt God creatively th- flowing through me and, and, and the community. And uh, today it's wild. You know, I, I uh, with Team Recovery, I, me and Matt and, and uh, the rest of the Team Recovery right now, I, we have this approach right now. And the, and the slogan is the Team Recovery is a new approach to an old problem. You know, I remember me and Matt driving to Detroit airport um, years ago, and that just came in the conversation. Like, yo, we're a new approach to an old problem. And we were just going back and forth like me and him do. And um, so it's like, for me, I'm trying to see what's traditionally being happening. And as far as um, whether it's treatment or or um, how somebody's being helped. And for me to look at the gaps and what we actually need to fill those gaps. And um, my mind works programmatically. You know, I, I think of a program or a need, and my head will automatically start being like, oh, this is what we can do. And, you know, there's a system in place that's really good and it serves really good purpose, you know, and, and I appreciate it for what it is. Uh-huh. But who I am is somebody who likes to create different systems or to look at the system as it is and say, I don't think this is good. So it's advocacy. You know, um, uh, I'm an advocate at heart. So. I can be an asshole to people that are, you know, on the other end, you know, I, but um, now it's um, developing, you know, we get to develop and we're going skydiving on the 30th with a group of people at Tecumseh skydive people in recovery out of that aren't in recovery. I don't care who you are. If you want to feel alive, please come, you know, for me, I, I dedicate everything to somebody somewhere, um, and attach sentiment to it. And so people, a lot of people are coming with somebody on their heart. Um, we have recovery housing with team recovery right now, 56 beds. Um, we have a, yeah, it's great. We have um, 36 male beds and uh, 20 female, 20, 28. Yeah. Yeah. So we have 28 female beds actually, but um and it's really cool. We have three quarter housing. So right now it's just really about creating a culture and a community for me as uh, the director over there, me and Matt, our intention is to like really help them find who they are and to give them after they go through treatment, give them the choice. It's your choice. You know what you're supposed to do now. And I'm not going to tell you what that is, but I'm going to support you as you move forward, mm-hmm. you know, and we're going to find agreements that we, we can both mutually agree upon and that'll be the standard that we go by versus me trying to tell you what you need to do or what I want you to do. Uh-huh. You know, there's a fine line there, but it's like, hey, man, like courage is right here. And it's necessary if you want to have the life that you're looking for. And so, you know, we try to really put them in a place of authority and a, a position of power within themselves and their community. And 
Um, you know, we're trying to create programming. We're working with uh, them to create a subcommittee like we had with Team Recovery early on, planning events, um, just doing tons of stuff in the community. And um, that's all happening really fast right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really um, this beautiful process is happening right now, just super organically. And um, with uh, the only effort required is passion and the choice to say, yeah. Yeah. And it's and it's going for there's not a part in my spirit that says that um, goodness isn't going to come in abundance right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm blown away. I don't no, know what's happening. It's it's great because I've been so I've been seeing a lot on like Facebook. I've been like seeing the team recovery and the different pictures of this was this person before and this is how they're doing now. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, there there there's some kind of fire going right now. There recovery. is. And like on Friday nights, there's like this bonfire yeah. thing that everybody's getting around and sitting around, and I'm like, that's so cool. It's so powerful because here's, here's what I feel. And, um, a lot of times, even when you do get sober, man, you still feel like you're that alone, right? You're the only one that feels this way. And that's why, this is why another reason why I'm doing hope, because you're not the only person that feels Mm -hmm. that way, man. There's, and, 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 Mm -hmm. and the other thing that I like to say is you're where you're at right now, but you still have struggles. Oh man, You know, we still have daily struggles and that's what people think. They look at my life or Juan's life or Matt's life or, you know, Ross's life. And they're like, Oh, they got it all together. Everything's great. Look at them. No, it's not like that. We still have struggles and things like this is what you need. You need that camaraderie. Thank you. That word. (laughs) You need that. You need those people and you need the people that will, like Juan said earlier, he said he received grace and that's huge. And that's what we need to offer. Everyone is just grace for what we go through, what we've been through. You know, I'm, I'm a total non-judgmental person, man, because my life story, I'm writing right. a book right now. And let me tell you what, I'm in the 10th grade in my book. And it's like, woo-hoo. Yeah. <laughs> this is a story I told my son yesterday. Yeah. I'm like, you probably don't need to read my book, okay? Yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, it's it's true, but it's the facts. And it's just to let people know that, you know, we're here. We've struggled. We've got to our strengths. And we're still getting stronger. And that's yeah. what I think is huge. And I know yeah. with Juan... I've been wanting to interview him for so long because I know that your story is so powerful and it'll reach so many people. But I also know that they get, this gives people, and especially in the Toledo area, you know, this is somewhere you can reach out to. You know, this is yeah. a group of people that care. And I, I, I love the fact that you guys really care. You know, yeah. I've seen people out there that they yeah. don't care. It's all about this and um, let's throw them some suboxone and some methadone and every day and that's not what you guys are about i don't care what you're going through and i I think the majority of the people especially like you know within the community um you know i'm not perfect i don't do perfect by myself or people all the time but my posture is um to be helpful to people um i I want to be of maximum service to yes. people and team recovery. I believe that, you know, our posture overall is to be inclusive and not exclusive. You know, well, again, this good. is a, this is a deep intention for us. Do we always excel and live up to it? No, but we do work very hard to have that, you know, that the Friday night fire meetings, that's, that's big, you know, because there is a air of exclusivity, you know, um, uh, this click here, this people here, and that goes throughout life and for uh-huh. people, whether they're in recovery, or out of recovery, however it looks. And it just so happens that in, you know, for us, um, loneliness is a little bit different. And so I, I try to really pour that intention into into the community, into the culture that we're creating right now. Uh-huh. You know, I, I always laugh and I tell people, you know, like, hey, man, touch each other's hands. Uh-huh. Like, 
shake each other's hands, mm-hmm. have some courage, get to know each other. You might not like it's good and, and try to bring people. I don't care where you're from. I don't care what treatment center you're from. I don't care if you're on Suboxone, you're on methadone, if you're on what medications on, if you're high, you're not high, like, come on. Right. Like, come, come get some goodness because mm-hmm. it's goodness that I'm trying to serve. Mm-hmm. We're trying to serve a platter of goodness. Mm-hmm. And um, so what do you want to do? You know, and um, that's where we're at, you know, um, with team recovery is how do we find and meet the needs and to extend goodness? That's our posture. I like that platter of goodness. That's a big I'm old using buffet. that for my good morning post yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. A big old buffet. A Come platter over. of goodness. You're going to find a buffet with some hope, <laughs> some faith, some courage. Right. Nice. Let's identify what it is. Absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. So team recovery, they can just like find that, Google it. Um, yeah. Um, to- uh, www.theteamrecovery.org is our website. Okay. And um you can call our, our hotline or phone line. So we're a referral source and an advocacy source. Um, if you call 419-561-LIFE, uh, that phone will go to myself or somebody else within the organization. And typically it's me right now. Um, and uh, whether it's a, you're a family member that's in need of helping your, your, your loved one, or if you're somebody in active addiction, then you're looking for treatment resources, or if you're somebody in recovery looking for support, if you call that phone line, it'll come to us. And, and, and again, it's advocacy. So we're trying to just spill our hearts into them and, and be of, be of service. Um, so you can call that, or you can, um, email us at, uh, um, www info at the team recovery.org. Awesome. And um, yeah, goodness is happening. If you want to go skydiving, um, we're doing the team recovery leap of faith. Um, see us on Facebook or Instagram. Um, our Facebook has a lot of the details for the skydiving coming up. Um, the deadline for, for the deposit is on the 15th. Right now we're looking to try to fill 40 people um, to go. And, and I think we're going to easily meet that. And we're going to shut down Tecumseh Skydive and we're going to have a morning uh, check-in. We're going to have food. We're going to have cornhole. We're going to have hillbilly uh, horseshoes. We're going to do uh, the jump at, throughout the day. And in the evening, we're going to check back in with everybody. So it's going to be a big set of community. And, and um, we're just going to see what happens. And again, we're just trying to approach something differently. I don't care where you're from, what you're doing. If you want in, get a hold of us. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you so, so much. And here's, here's something cool that I just think happened. Like I was going to interview you last time. We yeah. just had some things we didn't mesh, but I feel like this was why it was supposed to be today. You could talk more about Always. the jump and just, you know how everything yeah. just works like that. Yeah. And I'm excited because I get to see, well, when you guys hear this, I had already seen him on Saturday, but we're mm-hmm. speaking at an event on Saturday together yeah. and I think it's going to be awesome. And I just can't wait for the lives that are being changed and, mm-hmm. and the hope that we're giving people. Yeah. Ross's fact um, event is this weekend and, and, uh, the angel walk. And I highly recommend people come out to that and support one another too, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's going to so. be great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm so going to um, take a picture of us after this so I can start yeah. posting this blog and podcast because everybody's going to be excited. So great. you guys all have an amazing, well, it's going to be Tuesday, but today is, oh, today is Tuesday. It is. <laughs> so, listen, my podcast is every other Tuesday. So that's what I was like. Maybe I'll just launch this podcast today. Yeah. I mean, I could Whenever do that. Want, why not? Why not? Oh, shoot. Yeah, launch it's my it. podcast. I could do that. Send it. I'm sending it today. So today they're going to hear it. So awesome. then everybody needs to come to the Angel Walk on Saturday. Yeah. Love God bless day. everybody. Love Thank day. You.